Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sales Syndicate podcast. Um, I said in the last uh, podcast I wasn't going to kick off by saying what episode it is and I actually can't remember what episode we're on now so it's a good job I I said that but um, we're going to be talking about something slightly different today which is um, I guess a startup story uh, if you were going to put a a label on it Um, so I will hand over to my guest uh, Jay to introduce himself um, and the company that we're going to be sort of deep diving on so uh, over to you Jay. Yeah thanks so much for having me Jamie I'm excited to be here. Do you want to just um, sort of introduce yourself in terms of uh, the company, your background personally, you know, what you're doing, your job title, everything? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Jay. I am the current head of marketing at Captivate Talent, which is a recruiting firm um, that helps connect uh, SaaS startups with sales marketing, customer success folks. And I am also the founder of Summarize, which is what we're going to be talking about today, I know. Um, which is an AI podcast tool that helps you basically do all of your post-production kind of content tasks for you. So you just upload your file and out comes LinkedIn posts, Twitter threads, email content, content for your website, transcripts, quotes, all that good stuff. Before I was working at Captivate and working on Summarize, my background's in early stage marketing and growth. So this is, uh, I captivate, I guess, full-time job-wise, it's my third role as being kind of like the first marketer to come in and and set everything up. So that's a space that I really like to play in. And then in terms of product-wise, this is the third product that I've started, the first one that actually has uh, a decent amount of traction going in terms of the revenue side. I've worked on another product before that we got a bunch of users and I'm happy to share and talk into that story and lessons over there but didn't pan out on the revenue side. But yeah, I, I love building things. I love tinkering with things. I think that's just the way that my nature has always been. And so I guess like with that said, that probably matches up with why I like to be the early marketer and work on my own products. No, it's good. I, and I think for a bit of context, the reason why um, I asked you to come on was because we use uh summarize here at Celligence or, or, or i use it uh and i guess quite selfishly i i was like i think this would be a, a good episode which is why i asked you to come on but um no i'm excited to sort of run through the the story of sort of how it came to be or whatever or the the work that you've put in on it over the the past few months or perhaps years so i guess the the place to start then is you know the, the, with any product is identifying a problem that needs solving so how did you i guess settle on summarize as a uh, as a product for a, for a problem um you said you had two other um sort of startups or products and that didn't necessarily pan out so how did you settle on the idea of summarize yeah so kind of to give a little bit of a background on me as well for for the lead up to summarize so i used to be a podcast host actually at my uh my last full-time job before this, which was, it feels like ages ago now at this point, but we had a podcast that we actually grew to be in the top 2% global rank. Um, it's called DTC pod. It's still going around. So if you want to check it out or whatnot. So I have actually done like the podcast, like post-production in terms of the content side in that role. And I used to absolutely hate it. And I've also done, I've been working on as well, 
podcast post-production, like consulting for people in terms of like helping them design their content flows. Like how do you take that one long form piece of content and turn it into multiple pieces? And what I've absolutely hated, I love podcasts. I think they're super valuable. I think the content that comes out of it is super valuable and it allows you to kind of share a unique point of view that maybe you don't necessarily get like in the Google search results when you search for a topic. And that's why I love podcasts. But the thing that I hate about it as a producer is actually having to do everything that comes after you create the content, right? It's really exciting at the beginning when you like start your first few podcast episodes and you're like, oh, wow, we're getting all these cool guests and, you know, we're creating all this content and, you know, that excitement level kind of drives you through the, the post-production and creating the blogs that come from it or the show notes or grabbing the quotes or turning them into LinkedIn posts or Twitter threads or whatever. But then at some point, that excitement kind of starts to like go down because you're doing the same task over and over again. And at least for me, it turned into a thing where it felt like it wasn't exciting to do. It wasn't like my task that I was looking forward to. It was like my least favorite task to do that week. It was the task that I used to dread, which was, oh yeah, the podcast just finished editing. Now I have to go back and re-listen to this thing and pull out all the insights and stuff like that. So for me, the problem is really close to me personally. Uh, it's just something that I faced and, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. And so that's kind of what led me on this journey for Summarize. And the other part is I love to build products. I, I love to kind of tinker around and, and do things like that. And so for me, this was kind of like the perfect mashup of, you know, my experience in podcast hosting, doing some consulting post-production wise in terms of the content side. And then now my my liking of, uh, you know, what I, what I enjoy a lot, which is tinkering and building products. No, I, I think to, to your point about the, I guess the monotonous time consuming portion of the, the post-production that like I can, I can completely, um, uh, sort of agree with that. I think I started our podcast here at Selligence back in November. And I, like you said, you, you, you begin at that, you know, night night before christmas christmas eve excitement of building something new and it quickly gets to a point where you're like this is this is a lot of work um if you want to get the the most out of it you know post production wise i think even before summarize i think i had like a 35 step process to uh, execute a podcast from start to finish so from ideation to go live and then distribution of content after it, it was like 35 steps a step being i don't know uh export that was a, a step and then edit clips for LinkedIn was another step schedule for LinkedIn was another step like and it quickly snowballs into the, just this sheer mass of uh, of work that you have to sort of carry out so in terms of that like problem that you're solving I just think like for, for me especially and I'm sure for for other podcasters out there it was a um a definite boost in efficiency let's put it this way um which is which is great to see and it, it brings back that excitement of actually producing content um and the amount of content you're able to produce i think for for us it's it's basically doubled so um yeah i i, I i'm i'm pretty much your icp um which is uh perhaps bias but um you know f for those that have ever done a podcast um i think they will understand the pain of it 
Yeah, for sure. And you know, that that's like the thing I feel like everyone like has that excitement at the beginning. I mean, I've been excited, like whenever I start like a new project. And I, I think part of the big problem is just the fact that, you know, at least for me, I love doing creative work. And I feel like the post production part doesn't really feel like creative work at a certain point, because it feels like you're just kind of like knocking items off your checklist. Like, I need to turn this into something else or or something like that. So yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a problem that's truly like personal to me. And I guess turns out that a lot of other people face the same thing. It's not just me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been amazing so far. It's been, a, it's been a great journey, just like getting to work on a product again and uh, getting to, to grow it and kind of figure out, you know, how do we, how do we make this thing keep on going? How do we get the sales that, that drive this engine so we can continue to keep working on it? <laughs> and then obviously that we, we sort of covered the identifying the problem, which is close to home for, for both of us. But then in terms of actually saying, yeah, that that's going to be my next project and, you know, making that decision to invest time into it. What, what was it that, um, what was it that, clicked uh was it that your last project um like you said it had wound down and you were looking for a new project and you were like that's a problem i have i'm gonna now commit for the next however long it was yeah it was actually pretty good timing honestly the way things worked out so the last products that i worked on so kind of to give a little bit color in a little bit more detail on my career journey so i've been in captivate since november 21 uh basically December 21, because it was like, I started on the last day of the month, essentially. But before that, I had spent about January 21 to November 21, working on my own products. And before that, I had been in a full time job. And coming around like October 21, November 21, I was just feeling really burnt out with the products that I was working on. They weren't generate like we had a lot of users like I grew the the product it's called uh, it was called Swipely I grew it to a thousand users in less than thirty days which was like really awesome and really exciting and but it really did turn into revenue like it was just it was very hard to switch on the revenue switch and and be successful you know people found pro valuing the product as a free product but not necessarily as a paid product and so that was something that was really, really tough. And then just the cost of, you know, my, my background is not in engineering. So I worked with a development agency for that one and, you know, spending money on that and, and doing consulting on the side to try and pay for it and, and all that stuff. I just felt like really burnt out and I just had to take a break. So like I, I went back into full time. I was like, I think this makes sense for me where I'm at in my career. And it took about, I guess, like almost like a, over a year, uh, essentially to kind of get rid of that burnout from building products a, a little bit. And so, you know, at the end of last year, 2022, um, I actually, we get the week off for our company, uh, for my full-time job, we get the week off between Christmas and New Year's. And so I spent that whole week, I kind of had the idea in my head, I'd done a little bit of like initial, maybe like an hour or two of like research on the side of like how there's gotta be a, a freaking easier way of doing this. Like, I don't want to keep doing this stuff from hand. And I found some stuff that, you know, as I was reading it, I was like, Oh, this could actually be pretty possible right now. And so I spent that week actually building the product. Uh, so from start to finish, testing everything like that, the first version of the product, I, I just built it during that week. 
And that was super exciting. And I, I had that, you know, that initial point of excitement too, again. And I, yeah, so I just, I, I really needed a break from, from building products. And then, you know, I, I felt like I was working on stuff and this was the right opportunity. And I kind of had that passion reignited for working on something and feeling like, Hey, I'm not going to burn out and taking all those lessons with me that I had learned the first time around and just working on the product over there. And it's been it's been amazing. I mean, things have, things have changed a lot. The The product definitely doesn't look the exact same as like when I initially launched it. Uh, and then now I actually have a co-founder as well, who's uh, an engineer by background. So it, it makes it really fun to kind of work on the product together and build it. No, I mean, that's super interesting to, to hear that you um, built it in a week, essentially, or at least the, M- the MVP in a week. Um, because the, the next sort of uh, question I had in my mind was, Okay, right. You've 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 had the idea. You've decided, right? I've I've had a year off or whatever. I'm I'm I need that creative, um, I don't know that that creative thing to focus on. So, just take us through. Um, obviously, without re- revealing any trade secrets uh, of of how it's uh, necessarily built at a granular level, but describe that week for us. Like, how is it? I guess not. How does it work? Because you're the you don't want to be telling people exactly how the product works and someone copy and paste it or, or whatever, but just describe to us the, the build as, as best you can, the, the product side of things. Yeah. So, you know, I have a little bit of experience. I don't have experience like coding necessarily, but I have a lot of experience with building off of no code platforms. And there's a lot of no code platforms now that are very comprehensive. You can get a lot of stuff done. And you can mash together APIs, you can put together a little bit of custom functions and stuff like that. Um, You know, there's a lot of resources online, even like code snippets and stuff like that. So like I said, like, I'm not an engineer by background, but I've had experience working with like small code snippets and like, being able to make some small edits and changes and stuff like that. And so it was kind of like, hacking together some no code stuff and kind of figuring out how I wanted to build the product and stuff like that. And so that was kind of it. So it was really like a culmination of like, all the experiences that I've had, like working on different things, messing around with no code, like this perfect opportunity coming in. And I was just like, I'm, I'm just gonna go for it and, and build it. And so, you know, the reason that I was able to only spend a week building the product is because I've had like all this experience uh, before. And it's like the same as like, you know, a full-time job, right? You don't get paid for the job that you're doing. I mean, you get paid for the job that you're doing, but like part of that salary is, you know, the the hard work that you spent kind of figuring things out. So that way you can do it even faster, right? So, or not even necessarily faster, but more precise, more more accuracy, less mistakes, all of those things. And so, you know, that that was really how I was able to, to do all of that in a week and, and put it together. And and just kind of like mash things up. And I was just like, honestly, like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna design this MVP to work on one single feature. When we when I first put together the product, just did one thing, it was just the show notes. Um, so you'd get like the the little summary for the the podcast, uh, a list of uh, bulleted highlights, timestamps, summaries with the timestamps and quotes with the timestamps. And that was the original product that wouldn't have any social content, we didn't have any email content. There wasn't stuff for YouTube, like all that stuff. And, you know, as, as I've gone over time, um, you know, I've, I've kind of like worked in, we've built, we've built more features and now we're going even faster with my engineering co-founder and stuff like that. But 
yeah, that, that's kind of how the, the start got going. And then like, I guess, okay, that, that's just for those that, um, you know, haven't used the product. So we're uploading um either a, a video or audio file or um say like a link to a to a video that then goes into the product and the product works works its magic and then out the other end you get the 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 assets that you've sort of spoken about there so the show notes and things but it, is it um you know in the world of chat gpt and things i think people have got a, a much more uh broad understanding or at least a, an understanding of how sort of ai works so is it um how complex is like like the 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 back end of it let's say um in terms of i i don't know like it it gets uploaded it goes off uh you know how complex is that that process yeah without spilling too much of the secret sauce it's i guess pretty streamlined at this point in terms of how we set it up so we have built some of our own like uh models and stuff like that on the back end um to kind of like that so like for instance you know our linkedin model is based off of uh you know popular posts on linkedin and stuff like that and so there's a level of experience that comes from that because you know i've been on linkedin i've spent time creating content and i know who some of the best creators are and creators that get like a lot of engagement and stuff like that so we've worked heavily like on that piece same with the twitter threads like i've done some of that work before and so you know, we have some of our own models to kind of split that stuff up. And then it's just really, I mean, the back end is uh, I, the best way to describe the back end is like taking me, like having done the podcast production, post production, like the content stuff before, and taking my process basically that I used to do by hand and kind of like turning it into a, a software version, essentially, like a, a, a version of a version of me that doesn't require me to actually do that stuff. So, you know, we've taken kind of the same approach over there and, you know, even thinking through stuff and, and, and kind of what we're working on and workflows and, and all that stuff. It's, it's really just like our backend is like taking what I would do. And, you know, what I used to do is, you know, I'd, I'd re-listen to the podcast. I'd put out my timestamps. I'd grab quotes, you know, uh, some other interesting tidbits. I'd want to turn like specific parts of the podcast into, LinkedIn content or Twitter content. And, you know, maybe I want to touch my mailing list or, or something like that. And so it's, it's really just like what my process was uh, just in a software version and now like mixed in with AI essentially. Yeah. Cause I think um, it's, it's about like 15 ish minutes, isn't it? Uh, as in the, like a production time of you upload it and then it goes away and does its, was it on average about 15 minutes? So it's quick. Yeah. So yeah, we designed it. it. It used to be when we just did one thing, it used to be a little bit more quick and we're hoping at some point we can get back to being around five to 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, the, the, the place that I kind of like see the product also falling, which is kind of like where we're kind of going with the market is, you know, I used to going back to that, like podcast post-production process and like developing content. And like, if we're talking about just like just for the podcast, like working on like show notes, I guess is like where some of my thesis for the product and the pricing and everything came together is we try and sit in that middle ground between using the $100 an hour like writer um, or like the, the writer that charges like 50 cents or a dollar per word, which can get really expensive really fast. They do a great job. Don't get me wrong. They do 
amazing job with creating content. Uh, but you know, sometimes you might not have the budget to be able to do that. And then the other option, which I've, I've tested before as well, is going to Fiverr to like get someone to paying them like, you know, 10 bucks, 15 bucks to write your, your show notes for you. And you get this really like short condensed version. That's really like not that great. It's like, maybe it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing for sure, but it's definitely not the, the version that is putting out your best foot forward. And especially for, you know, some of these, uh, we work with a lot of different startups actually, and product companies, SaaS companies and stuff like that. And, you know, when you're creating content at these companies, like the quality of it is, is pretty key. And you want to be able to maintain a, a strong level of, of quality, even though maybe it's your first podcast that you're starting your first episode or whatever. So that's kind of like really, really the goal that we're working through um, over there on that side. I think like you know you said you used to be five or ten minutes but I think by no means is 15 minutes slow like you think about the post-production process it could be probably half a day's work if you're going to do um, all of that and that was like a deep work block from you know start of your day to midday it would at least be you know how much time you're spending on it so to go from let's just say four or five hours to 15 minutes I think uh, it's it's by no means slow um, so into you mentioned your co-founder as well then so because i i was using the product before your co-founder came on board and i think that was what was it, about four weeks ago six weeks ago something like that yeah yeah so i brought in a co-founder basically at the beginning of april um so it's almost been like it's been a month and a half since we've been working together um and just kind of like necessary for the next step of the evolution of the product there was some uh you know, I, I love using no code. I think there's a lot of potential over there, but there are some things that you can do on a regular full code base that you can't really accomplish through no code. And then the other thing is, you know, anytime you're working with someone, I'm sure, uh, you know, if you have a team as well, Jamie, like, you know, that working with a team, collaborating with people, it's like one plus one equals three, right? Like, I can get so much work done, but just like everyone else, I only have 24 hours in a day. Um, and so once my 24 hours are up, you know, eight hours of that goes to sleeping. So I really only have 16 hours to actually get stuff done. And then, you know, I'm going to spend time eating lunch, eating breakfast, eating dinner, like, uh, you know, going, going to work out, like all those things. So I really don't have that much time to, to actually work on stuff. And then I have a full-time job as well. And so bringing in a co-founder just made total sense from the benefits that would come from having it on a code base backend and being able to work with someone that could also kind of like, you know, if I'm not able to get stuff done or now, and you know, now if he's not able to get stuff done, like we can switch off and kind of keep working on stuff and, and keep things moving. And so yeah, just made a ton of sense and it's made the product a lot more snappy. Like I, I remember like right before we switched over, some of our runs like for the AI stuff was taking like 30, 30, 40 minutes sometimes to get everything done. And, you know, he's just been able to put in and optimize a lot of stuff as well. And it's, it's been amazing. Like it, like I, it's been awesome just getting to work with a co-founder and it feels like, you know, you get to share your wins together with someone, you know, you're building momentum together. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> And he's, um, like you said, an engineer. So I think the biggest um, 
front ends let's say like what the customer sees like it, that visibly that's changed dramatically in the last few weeks hasn't it yeah so yeah he does everything he's kind of full staff basically um he does front end he does back end uh and stuff like that his specialty is actually uh in the back end a little bit and, and kind of like putting stuff together over there um uh, but yeah it's been amazing like getting to work together and and just change the way that the product works and make it work a little bit better um, as well for people make, make things make a little bit more sense. You know, we've done a lot of optimizations on, on pricing strategy. We've done optimizations on the way things get uploaded. Um, we've done a lot of other kind of like little optimizations that, that are making like paying big dividends for us and, and helping us grow. Yeah, no, I think it's um, even in the last few weeks, it's been sort of massive, um, sort of upgrades and, and progress so it's it, yeah it's, it's been great to see the uh i guess the not change in direction but like you said it's just that the ramp up let's say of getting that the co-founder on board and sort of sharing in the vision which is uh which is exciting so right we've we've covered like the background the story we know what it is or kind of how it's built so do you want to what what's it um as of today so where are you on this journey in terms of you know how many customers have you got you're, you're pretty open on your linkedin in terms of the uh monthly recurring revenue and things so what's the um what's the current uh current uh, ecosystem let's say yeah yeah so we're at about 360 in mrr right now and slowly growing like as fast as we can you know i would love to hit 500 by the end of this month we'll see we've grown a lot this month actually uh, so we'll see if we can kind of hit that and get there. I know there's like a week left. Um, so I'm going to try and really hit the ground running and, and see if we can kind of get there. But yeah, that's kind of where we are from an MRR standpoint. Uh, what was really cool is, you know, it took us like four months uh, for, for us to get our first hundred users. And that was with me just basically working on the product. And now that I brought in my co-founder and he's working on the engineering side of things, like we had a hundred users, uh, the next hundred in less than like 30 days, uh, which is pretty insane. And so just like seeing that growth, like even like looking at our daily, like upload numbers, like, you know, we had a day where we like hit like almost like 20 uploads, which is like absolutely insane to kind of like think about, um, from going from a time where, you know, I was like kind of scrapping together and, you know, I'd be like, if I got three uploads in a day, it was a good day. Uh, and to go closer to like 20 is kind of pretty insane. Uh, so that's been super exciting. And yeah, the growth is going good. Uh, you know, we're, we're both, he does, uh, he does kind of like full-time work essentially with consulting. Um, so he's got a full plate on his, on his end as well. And so we're really just trying to balance the way that we can both work and, and get things done and, and keep things moving. But yeah, things are things are looking really good. And you know, for me, it's all about like hitting those those MRR milestones, you know, once we hit 500, once we hit 1000, like you start to really build that momentum, where, you know, you have a lot of other spillover as well. You've got word of mouth going on referrals, like we could start adding more and more and more things because we also now have more revenue to spend on stuff. Um, and so that's kind of where we're thinking as we kind of continue this growth journey is, you know, for us right now, it's really, you know, taking taking the profits that we can get and, and reinvesting that back into the the product for for growth. We're doing a lot on the marketing side um, to try and grow this thing and, and keep it running. 
And how many um, uh, users is it total then? Because you, you said you had the first hundred and then another hundred. So just roughly how many uh, users are you up to now? Yeah, if I'm looking at my database right now, um, we should be closing in. We're we're getting pretty close to like 300 at this point. So we're we're moving pretty fast and and closing in pretty fast. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the goal. And you know, like I said, we made some pricing optimizations, which really helped us. Like um, our our deal size is basically like we didn't we didn't change we didn't make the product more expensive. We just changed like where our kind of like minimum thresholds were at. Um, and that was super helpful because that basically helped us uh, 2x every single order that's coming in, um, like whenever we get a new customer and stuff like that, which is which is pretty awesome to to see, um, you know, some of those super small changes that you don't feel yeah. like are going to be that impactful, but they, they end up making a huge impact on the business. Nice. So, I, I mean, look, that's um, circa 300 users in, what, uh, six months-ish? So, I think, you know, that's you know, with mostly you for the bulk of it. And then to bring a co-founder on, I think 300 users is, is massive really for that, for that period of time. So hats off to you for, for getting to where you, uh, you are today then. So give us a, um, brief, uh, brief rundown of what we can expect for the rest of 2023 then what you can uh, share rest obviously. Of 2023, uh, you know, there's just going to be a lot of new features. I think that's, that's kind of like the name of the game for us is like, you know, we've, we've built a lot of stuff, you know, coming up next in the short term, like we're working on, we're trying to get our freaking Google Drive integration approved. So that's, that's, that's a big thing that's on the top of my mind. I just got an email today that's sitting in my inbox that from they want something, they want to see something else before we can get it approved. So that's in the works, you know, we're also working on like a Dropbox integration as well um, to get that going, because I know a lot of people use that. Uh, we're going to be improving our transcript as well, um, like heavily, like heavy investment in the transcript and heavy investment in being able to turn it into the captions and stuff like that to upload to to YouTube. And then just a lot of other kind of content types, really like that. That's our goal. Like we don't feel like we've fully fleshed out the product in terms of content types and content outputs that are available and uh, kind of what we need to do and work on over there. So yeah, that's, that's really what we're going to be working on is, you know, how do we make this uh, create more content as possible? And then the, the last thing I will say is that we're working on, which is kind of the, the unfun thing to talk about, which because like it, all of those other things I talked about affect like the end user um, and, and their experience. The, the other unfun thing that we, we're going to have more conversations around is the pricing model and stuff like that and kind of figuring out something because we do offer a free trial we offer 60 minutes to start um that you can use absolutely for free unlimited file uploads for that 60 minutes um and so for us we're trying to figure out now how do we how do we make that work how do we make that trial work how do we make sure that uh you know we get the conversions that we need and and stuff like that so that way we're able to balance that because you know obviously at some point you're going to have trial users that don't end up converting. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like a sunk cost essentially. Um, so just making the numbers work a, a, a little bit better. Um, so that's what we're going to be working on as well. So we can truly build our profitable, profitable business. You know, we're bootstrapping right now um, and we will be probably for the foreseeable future. Um, we'll see about fundraising or anything like that, but yeah, so it's really, yeah, adding more features and, and making sure we get the, 
the pricing model right so that way you know we can support free trials and still support you know all the stuff for our paid users as well uh, I, I won't reveal some of the um conversations we have but there's some exciting stuff that i know you guys are working on which uh i'm very much looking forward to in terms of the way in which i currently use the platform and the content that i sort of look to create out of it so there's uh, i know there's a lot in the pipeline which is um super exciting i think that's another thing to say is that because it's just the two of you it is very much like one-to-one -one interaction like you're you're always open ears in terms of hearing feedback and and you know helping out on uh on any questions or whatever that, that i've got so that's definitely been a, a a big bonus for me but um i think to, to wrap things up then i think um there's a couple of um bits that i usually you know ch chuck into the last five minutes which is trying to give some like actionable advice or like tips for people um based on like the stuff you've already shared so i think in terms of like the journey you've been on so far what would you say pick three the three most valuable things you've learned and not necessarily just from summarize but your previous two um um sort of startups as well because you would have learned a lot from them what are the three most valuable things you've learned so far then oh that's a tough one um uh, i'm gonna try so i i have two that I have, and I'm going to think of the third one while I'm going through the first two. Um, so the first one is definitely uh, pick a revenue slash funding battle to win on. And what I say when I mean that is the more time that I spent, so this is my third product working on things, you know, the first product that I worked on, um, I, I didn't really monetize it. It was just like kind of like trying to build up as many users. And I thought I could just turn on the monet, the the, the money funnel whenever I wanted to wasn't the case. Second product I worked on, um, I, I did more of like a uh, startup, like website kind of like tools, like directory and stuff like that to try and generate revenue, which it did generate revenue actually, uh, which was pretty nice. Um, and then now I'm working on Summarize as well. So, you know, based on all these experiences, I've kind of made uh, two things that are really important, I guess, uh, in terms of, you know, picking that revenue slash uh, financing funding battle. If you are going to be bootstrapping your product, you need to be monetizing from day one. Um, it's just really, really important. Paid users behave or free users behave much differently than paid users. And uh, you, you cannot just like, turn on like sometimes it works but the odds are really against you that you can turn on a, a revenue funnel and you just start making money so you know if you're going to be bootstrapping you need to be monetizing from day one and the, the on the opposite end if you know you're going to be fundraising you can avoid kind of like turning on that fun, that money funnel if you need to early stage but i would actually encourage you if you're going to go that route like you need to be able to successfully raise very fast, like have that strong network to be able to raise money because it just puts you in a very bad place in the business where, you know, I've been there. That was my first product that I worked on where it felt like I was trying to win my money back. Essentially, like, you know, I invested money in, uh, it feels like gambling. Like, you know, you sit at like blackjack table. I've lost like a thousand dollars, $2,000. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put, even more chips in and the next one's going to hit and I'm going to break even or, or whatever. And that's kind of how it feels. So that's the first lesson is pick your revenue battle, like over there, your financing battle. The second lesson I can give is get started. Like, you know, it's easy to think like 
everything needs to be perfect and like you want to build you know a perfect product or it's missing this feature or you know you don't have the audience or or whatever that case is uh just get started honestly like there are a lot of tools and technology available today like we even have ChatGPT. you can go ask ChatGPT questions on like how do i how do i make the thing that i'm working on and stuff like that um and, and just get started because i've, I've talked to plenty of entrepreneurs um, or people, I guess people that want to be entrepreneurs, um, uh, that say like, Hey, I have this idea, like, this is what I'm working on. And, you know, I want to build it and I'm just waiting for the right time. And, you know, more, more likely than not that night or that right time never comes. There's no such thing as a right time. Um, so that's what I would say. If you ever have like anything, even if it's just consulting business or whatever you want to do, just get started. There's no, there's no right time that you can wait for. Um, and then the third thing is, uh, the lesson that I would give and, you know, it's something that I'm still working on trying to get better every day. Um, understand like the importance, like not even like if you do anything outside, but one thing that's been really valuable for me is time blocking and time boxing. Um, I'm still not perfect at it yet. I'm, I'm still trying to work on, on, on being better at it, but it's helped me immensely in just like planning my day and, and making sure and getting stuff done and feeling satisfied and you know the the best part that i do like about the time boxing and stuff like that is you know at the end of my day i i don't necessarily feel like you know sometimes i get my tasks that were on that day done early um and so you know i i don't i i take a break and kind of use use things to recharge um so yeah i would say that that's something that's that's really valuable for me that i would highly suggest and i use uh I guess I'll plug another product out there is uh, I use Reclaim um, for that. It kind of does the uh, scheduling of my tasks for me and kind of creates the calendar events as well. I just type in what the task is, how long I, I expect it to take, and it'll block, it'll create time blocks on my calendar for it. Um, so yeah, those are my uh, three, three valuable tips that I would share. Nice. I think that on your last point there, I'm a, I'm a big believer in the, I call them like deep work blocks. Um, and I'll, on a Sunday, I'll have a look at my weekly priorities and then I'll block out uh, time in my calendar for the week. Um, but I've not heard of Reclaim, so I'll have to have a look at that and see if I can make it more a bit more efficient so I don't have to do anything <laughs> on, a sun, on, on, on a Sunday, but we'll, we'll have a look. Um, okay, and then, and the, the next one, um, that's like the three things you've learned. I guess it's like if someone wants to go and, start their own startup like where where do you suggest people start in terms of i know you've got to identify the problem and stuff and you've just said there look don't wait there's never going to be the right time but it's like for those that are sort of like on teetering on the edge of i got an idea and i want to do it how do they just get how do they start yeah so two things i would give over there two tips uh the first one is you need to know the technology or whatever the the resources that you'll need behind it, you know, a business can be a product business can be like summarized, it can be a service based business, like the one that I do my full time job at. Um, so you need to decide like what you're going to do there and like what kind of technology you need to support those products. So maybe you need a CRM if you're doing service based business, or maybe, you know, if you're building a product, like I'm combining X, Y and Z. So kind of try and look out there's plenty of like open source, uh, code base, like code things as well, APIs that are available. So you can really like mash things up and, and put together like an MVP. Um, so that's the, that's one part of it. And then the second part of it is if you are struggling to do that, 
uh, just start talking to customers, like potential customers, start talking to people. Like that's the most, like that's the most important thing that you can do. It doesn't matter. Like I know Jamie, you talked about like earlier, you feel like it's like very like one-to-one, like feels like we're like friends and stuff like that. Like I, I plan on running that as far as I can take things. Like, I don't know how many users we can scale that to, but like talking to customers is just so, it's just so important because that's where you figure out the real insights and like, yes, you might be facing this problem yourself, but other people and other people are facing this problem as well, but they're going to face it in different ways. Like Jamie, like I've seen your podcast, like post-production workflow and stuff like that. You shared it on LinkedIn. Um, I wouldn't do the exact same sets in the exact same order and stuff like that. And so we still have, we both still have the problem, right? But we're not doing it, the approaching it the exact same way. And so it's just so important to talk to people and like, figure out stuff. And, you know, if you're working on like something more enterprise scale or, or something like that, maybe, um, or even services based, like you might be able to get your first couple of customers without necessarily building anything. Um, so that's what I would, I would say there is, you know, yeah, just figure out the technology resources, like people resources, you need to, to work on it. And then the other part is just, just talk to people, like have conversations. Like you should, you should never, ever, if you're working on your own product, uh, or service sit in a silo and try and work on it yourself it's it's never going to work yeah I, I think i was gonna say i was just about to say pretty much the same thing of like i think so many um founders uh people who have probably got the hunger to do it but they the the integral part is they forget that just because the idea in their head sounds like the best solution to it, it doesn't mean that it necessarily will be. And the customer might be like, I mean, yeah, that sounds okay. I mean, whereas the founder's like, what do you want about this? They're like, look at this feature. It's amazing. And the customer's like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of all right, but it's quite expensive, isn't it? For what you, what you, you know? So I think, yeah, speak, speaking to the customers is a invaluable thing and like never losing that. Like you said, you're going to try and keep the one-to-one as best you can. But then when you don't have the one-to-one, you'll still have multiple touch points that customers can reach out and find out information and feedback stuff. And I think never closing those loops is, is definitely a, a valuable tip because the second you stop speaking to your customers is the second you start losing a, a, a in-depth or, you know, good understanding of what your problem what the problem is that you're trying to solve because it can change as well right the problem like you're solving a problem today and then in six months time that problem could have changed and you know you scale and build something new that helps you know mitigate that so yeah great great um great advice there so i think look we'll um i've got a hard stop uh coming up coming up so we'll we'll wrap things up there but um yeah huge thanks for for jumping on the podcast i'll be putting it through the tool that you've built shortly uh, and I'll, I'll let you know what uh, what comes out the other end but um yeah it's been great having you on yeah thanks for having me jamie this has been awesome i i know we could probably talk for another hour on startup stuff and, and working on projects and stuff like that but this has been uh this has been really great. I've really enjoyed my time here. No, great, great, glad to hear that you uh, that you enjoyed it and it didn't feel like too much of an interrogation. But um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm probably going to be uh, racking your brain or bugging you with um, more questions and, and ideas and things. But um, hopefully the episode has been uh, useful for those. Uh, I'd imagine there's quite a few people um, in today's climate that are probably thinking about it or have always had the, the, the want to or the um sort of inspiration of doing it so i think um hopefully it's it's helped them uh, in some way shape or form but um yeah good luck to see you, well, we'll see you in the next uh, episode and thanks for joining